Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome into the Juice and Mo podcast, recording this on a Sunday night after the Kings have done something they have not done since the 0405 season. They're now 10 games above 500 after beating the shorthanded OKC Thunder tonight in Oklahoma City, 124 to 115. De'Aaron Fox, his 30 point streak continues, seven straight games with 30 or more. The Kings are 17 and 13 on the road. That's the best record in the NBA's Western Conference. And oh, by the way, 35 and 25. It sounds so sweet. 3 and 0 coming out of the All-Star break. And the rookie, Keegan Murray, with a big game as well. And shout out to the icon, the legend, the voice of the Sacramento Kings, the G-Man Gary Gerald, who just completed game number three thousand tonight and gets the defensive player of the game chain from the king's coaching staff because he communicates like no other he's done it for three thousand games i'm deuce mason that's morgan reagan who joins me live from san francisco tonight at the nbc sports california studios how are you mo i'm fantastic what a, just huh, another good night right another a, just a great vibe after all-star break uh very competitive vibe. I guess I'm not talking about myself anymore. I'm just talking about the Kings. Squad, yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> okay, you yeah. Do, yeah, you're just that amped up on the Kings. Yeah, for sure. I just, I am. Like they control every emotion in my life, and yeah, just the the competitiveness. Uh, it's just so fun right now, Deuce. It's beyond fun. And tonight, of course, you take on an OKC team playing without Shea Gilgis Alexander. And obviously, it's a much different team without him. But they play hard. They got a young team. They're scrappy. They ain't give up at all tonight. You got to give them some love. They got some intriguing young talent. Shout out Isaiah Joe, who's been a lethal three point shooter this year, and showed why, especially in that third quarter when OKC got hot, dropping forty points. But the Kings' offense is just legit. Although any concern over the fact that the Kings scored one hundred and seventy six last game, they only muster one hundred and twenty four tonight. Do you have some concerns about the Kings' offense? Yeah, very disappointing. And only 42, uh, or I'm sorry, 46 points in the paint instead of 88. And I just think they're going downhill. It's an issue, right? I mean, how many? That's 52 less points. We're so So whatever it is, I mean, that's, it's a concern. I'm just kidding. It's so fun to see. The Kings, by the way, uh, win 124 to 115. Morgan, uh, what are some things that jumped out to you about this game? You know, I thought they came in looking super engaged, looking just ready to go. And the reason why I think that stood out to me so much is because we've seen multiple games in that first quarter for the Sacramento Kings where they're not, they're coming out, it's it's flat or they're not coming out um, locked in and ready to go. And coming off of that historic game on Friday night, 
I didn't know what to expect. I mean, mm. look at all the. You, you thought we were going to get an EHO. I know what you're saying. A what? An EHO. EHO? Emotional hangover, for sure. Is that what? That's the thing? I just came up with it. Wow. Well, good job. No, no, no. I did not think that. But now I'm kind of thinking maybe that is what I was thinking in EHO. But it, I was, I was feeling like they were also going to feel physically tired, Deuce, from the amount of minutes and the amount of things that went into that Clippers game on Friday night. But they showed no signs of that. And I know that I know the Thunder battled back, and we'll talk about um, what OKC did right and what the Kings were doing wrong in those moments. But there was a lot going right for the Kings tonight. Yeah, to me, I look at this game and go, it wasn't that pretty. It wasn't perfect. And you still put up 124 points and win. You know, it's yeah. not going to be sexy every night, but you still shoot just under 53%. You knocked down 18 threes again tonight. De'Aaron Fox has 33 points, eight assists, a couple of steals, and just what was oh two turnovers at the end, but 11 for 19. And he just looks locked in. Again, another night where he gets double-digit free throw attempts. I don't like that he missed four of them, uh, but he's been doing so much out there. It's crazy. It, I mean, how he came out tonight, I think he and Sabonis combined for 18 in the first quarter. He had one shot over Lou Dort, then I'm like, that's disgusting. Like, he, his confidence with his jumper and his offensive game is really, really high right now, and he's knocking them down. Yeah, and what I, what I like about it, too, is that I feel like he's surrounded by players and teammates and coaches that empower that type of play, that go, keep going, keep taking us this direction. But they also, they're also willing not to just rely on it too right and they're not just being like okay you take it away and we'll be waiting in the corner everyone's still running through their emotions is still understanding that their movements their off ball movements especially or relocating or whatever it may be on offense is still just as important as when De'Aaron Fox has the ball in his hands so the Kings end up scoring 36 in the opening frame 36 26 um yeah I just we, I feel like we end up repeating ourselves when it comes to Fox. He's more into it defensively than he's ever been. He's just been really good, man. I mean, this is we're getting to a point with him. He's playing like one of the better players in the league right now. Coming into tonight, he was averaging just under 32 points a game in the month of February, which is second in the league. So hit the most field goals in the month of February. It's this is like elite level stuff, you know, yeah. we and we've seen him go through stretches in his career where it's like, oh, Foxes have a nice scoring stretch and man, the Kings are losing a lot. He, he's being so impactful with his game. He's playing physical. I feel like, you know, last year when we talked about his body size, remember he put on that weight and we're like, oh, that mm -hmm. might be a good thing and ended up not being a good thing. Well, he's clearly not as big, but you could tell he is stronger than he's ever been. He's able to take content. I mean, contact ball. He like shouldered one point. That, that one and one he had. I was just going to bring that up. Literally, yeah. that was going to be my next point about him was like, I know he's not like a lot uh, like muscly or built. Like looking. me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just like just like Deuce Mason. You know, I know he's no Deuce Mason, but um but it doesn't matter because he's so strong. You know, there's so many, there's, there's bodybuilders out there that are just juiced up and look big that 
aren't as strong as people skinnier than them because they do some, you know, they practice uh, or they weight lift differently or whatever the hell it is. My point is his strength is showing out there either way. And it's making him look bigger defensively when guys are going into him, he's holding his ground. You know, it does, it's not like, Oh man, he's got to put on weight so he can stop guys. It's he's got to get stronger. And he did that. And just like you said, in every single category and putting it together consistently now, I think people still have a hard time admitting what they're seeing because one, we saw the flashes go up and down for the last five seasons with him, right? That's one thing. And the second thing is he hasn't put together a full winning season. And once this season is over and he can accomplish that, he he needs to get all the respect that he deserves. Morgan, since being named an all-star, <laughs> the free throw, it's pretty insane with the free throws. I know we joked about him and like, oh, now he's an all-star, so he's getting all-star calls. There are a couple calls today. I'm like, Oh, he got that one. That was weird. Like, I'm not used to Fox getting some of these calls. He shoots 12 free throws tonight. Against the Clippers, he had 11. He had eight against Portland. Before that, he had eight. Then 14, 14, 10, 9. So he's pretty much averaging double-digit free throw attempts now that he has become an all-star in this league. So, I mean, I think that goes a long way. The last couple of games, he hasn't knocked down his free throws as well as he had before but I just love he's getting to the line and then like I, he took nine threes tonight which seemed kind of absurd right you're going yeah. launch of nine of them there were only a couple that were questionable the other ones I'm like dude this guy's playing so confident right now shoot him yeah you, you, you're feeling it now you, you are confident in your ability you're knocking him down early keep going that's that's exactly it it's like there's going to be games where you see three of nine but if you just look at that and don't look at the context of what the shots were, of what the game was. I'm totally with you. Some questionable, but still, like, you're going to have that on nights that you're feeling it and that you want to get things going from everywhere. And there's only a stretch of this game that the Kings were settling for that outside shot. And I think it was a timeout, and then Mike Brown um, reamed them, and they got back into the paint. They kept penetrating back into the paint. Like, De'Aaron Fox is so it's incredible how he is capable of just turning on the jets even when it seems like he is exhausted or he just played a big game and is playing a lot of minutes again tonight what did he fin- he finished with 37 minutes he played the most out of any of the kings players tonight and still was able to just really utilize his speed and look at the point totals. The seven straight, 30-plus point games, 33 tonight, 42 last game, 31, 35, 36, 33, 31. He's getting buckets. He's being aggressive, and he's playing at an all-NBA level right now. It's great to see. It, it's just it's really fun to see him elevate his game and now getting kind of the respect around the league. You know, you hear more people talking about him, and for good reason. I mean, he's just elevated his game, and this is why we always talk about with players. People want to, like, after three years of an NBA player's career, they want to write like, okay, this is how they are. They want to define them this early. Some guys are able to step in year one and be awesome and just ascend, and it's amazing. Other guys, it takes some time. It's going to be ups and downs. And Fox has had moments where, oh, he's close, he's close, and then they dip. It's a consistency. He is more consistent than ever this year, and it's year six. It took him six years to get it, right? But now he is finding that. 
And you just see in every aspect of the game, just vocally too, he's playing with more of an edge. He's doing some more John out there. It, confidence is a wild thing. And when you not only have confidence with your game, but your teammates and your coaching staff is there to uplift you and give you that confidence, like Mike Brown telling you from the start, like, hey, if we're going to win, it's going to be because you need to be an all-star. I mean, Brown had been kind of, right when he got the job, he talked about Fox and how special he could be. He challenged him to be better defensively. Like, he, he's taken on these challenges, but to me it started with having a coach that was just flat out, we have standards, you're the best player, you got to approach the game like you're the best guy. And you talk about the confidence that not only that he has in himself and then, like, that people have in him, but I think the confidence that he has in his teammates. You know, he dropped eight dimes tonight. They finished with 32 assists as a team. Yeah. It truly is showing, like, they are all they are all feeling confident in each other's ability to play this game at a high level. They're trusting one another that, if they pass the ball around, they're going to get the ball back because there's only one way to play this game, and that's Mike Brown's standard. And if you're not going to play that way, you ain't going to play. The Kings, by the way, you mentioned the 30-plus assist. Um, they're 14-2 and two now when they have 30-plus assists in a game. Oof, oof, oof. Also, the other set that Jason Ross dug up that was just fascinating. Yeah. Kings, are they have 35 wins, right? Um, 25 of the 38 seasons they did not reach 35 wins in a season. 25 of 38 seasons in Sacramento, they did not reach the 35-win mark. That makes me sick. <laughs> like, well, you know what's funny is I was listening to a, a OKC Thunder podcast before um, coming to San Francisco, and they were just talking about how this season, how, like, the Thunder could be, you know, a 500 team. And they're like, oh, they keep screwing it up. They keep losing these games to be a 500 team. And it's it's shocking because of where OKC has been in their rebuilding process. Like, obviously, they've had their great years, but, like, where they've been in their rebuilding process and still what fans and, and people that cover the team expect of them as a team and with the pieces that they have on their squad. And I just think about here in Sacramento, like we just trying to get to that 40 win mark. You know what I mean? Like we just want that four. Oh, dude, let's go. five wins away from those guys who are coming out of summer league. Remember the California classic that like nobody really went to except Kings fans in San Francisco. Those guys going out there, we're getting 40 wins and people on social media were like clowning them. It's like, they're, they're five woods away from that mark. That's insane. And, but they were also clowning them because it was like, it was like, ha like Kings fans just want 40 wins. That's all that they're trying to get. And it's, and it's funny, like even after that Clippers game, I saw like a Clippers fan. I think it was Damian retweeted this Clippers fan that was like shitting on the Kings, oh, yeah, or yeah, the yeah. Kings fans and just being like, you know, like, oh, they're acting like they won a championship. And it's like, no, bro. It's about enjoying every ounce of success that this squad has, that our team that we've been rooting for and following for so long has because they haven't had that. So I don't give a damn how anyone else looks at it because this is what Kings fans need to do. Enjoy this journey. Speaking of Kings fans, let's give the people some love in here. Morgan Reagan in the live chat. Appreciate you guys being here. Make sure if you are in the building, 
hit that thumbs up button. It just helps our channel grow. Last uh, episode, when we had like 13 people, 1,300 people watching live, we ended up getting like well over 1,000 thumbs up. That just helps the channel grow. Make sure to hit the subscribe button too. That helps us grow in a big time way. Um, so thank you so much. Let's get to some of the people in the chat. Greg wants to know, where's the vision board at? It's actually behind me on this wall. Morgan's vision made a vision board before the season where she put a lot of cool things. We'll revisit that maybe at the end of the season. You know, we already talked yeah. about that once. Yeah. Um, other people in the chat. Uh, someone was mentioning that. Let's see. Sorry, I'm all over the place. It's bouncing oh, around. Okay. Um, Tom says, love the Kings out here in Omaha. Shout out Omaha, Nebraska. Dude, by the way, there was a Ducemo podcast hoodie at the OKC Thunder game tonight. That was actually pretty epic to see. Yeah, that's so cool. I'm trying to find it right now. Yeah, shout out to this guy. I don't know who you are. Appreciate you. In OKC, and this was before the game. Check this out. I want you guys to see this. Before the game, that beer is almost gone. <laughs> Dude, no, it's not. Hell it's yeah. This game has it tipped out, and he's already like four beers deep. You're so full of it. <laughs> I, I love that you, you see it half empty. I see it half full. Oh, oops. I didn't mean yeah, to go I was back. Like, hey, you want to put me back on the screen, bud? My bad. Thanks. Uh, Kenny wants you to know that Fox is the best two-way point guard in the NBA. Hey, man, keep playing like this. You'll be in the conversation. You start playing defense on a consistent basis, coupled with what he does offensively. I went back and watched that Clippers game, the end of the Clippers game yesterday. Because I'm insane, and I think a lot of Kings fans did because it was one of the more epic Kings games in 38 years. Yeah. Fox, who was clearly gassed, just Ding up Paul George late in the game, getting that big steal and score. It was such an epic performance. Like, there was a star performance. I'm like, oh, this guy's a star. It's not even a I Sacramento thing. I know. I'm like, hey, Kings fan, oh, I like the beam. I'm, if I was in a different market watching, I'd be like, this guy is a... He's a star. I had to explain to so many people, like, with that game, that just, the, the people that just saw this, the, the box score, and they're like, oh, no defense being played. And it's like, no, dude. That was one of those games yeah. where just high-level basketball was being played. Like, sure, there was defensive lapses from both squads. You're playing, like, the Kings are not, their bottom when it comes to defense. But at the same time, both teams, their ability to create and make shots was just incredible, magical. That game, De'Aaron Fox was on another freaking level. It's been so fun to watch. Someone else we need to talk about tonight, the rookie. Yes. Keegan Murray Morgan. Dude, that, this was the type of game you went, oh, you see all the glimpses of what he can be in the NBA as a rookie, the growth. We get excited about seeing those moments of growth. Mm -hmm. I loved what I saw from Keegan Murray tonight. Talking about coming out aggressive, putting that one play where he put the ball baseline, attacked, tough and one finish. It was great. He was playing defense. He was active in the passing lanes. I think he had three steals in the game. He ends up finishing with 20 points, six rebounds, three steals, two assists. Morgan also on seven of 15 shooting. Four of nine from three. Let it fly, rookie. You're getting looks. I love it. I love the shot attempts. I love him attacking. I love the activity defensively. That was great to see from Keegan Murray. And one last stat, the Kings are 9-0 and when he scores 20 or more. 
that was going to be my stat. But yeah, that's exactly it. And, and obviously when he's producing that on the offensive end, scoring 20 points for them, fantastic. You're, you're going to want that any night, obviously. Those three steals though, Deuce, those stand out to me because not only does that help create offense for him, create offense for his team, you know, getting those stops. There's so much more of what those defensive stops can do for a squad with just um, like the more, just with the morale and just uh, really keeping up the energy. And I feel like Keegan Murray has stepped it up so much on that end of the floor with his length, with his verticality, with his hands in the passing lane, yep. with his rotations, like you're going to trust that he's going to be there to help you. And he's a rookie. Uh, I, I think it, it goes to show just what a high IQ player he is. I know he's an older rookie, but at the same time, you think about what he can develop into as an NBA player. He's so coachable. He knows so much about the game right now. And now he's finding his confidence and putting the ball on the floor, going to the rim with authority, like you were just talking about. Yeah. I love what we're seeing from Keegan. He was active on the offensive glass, too, which was cool. He had four offensive rebounds for the Kings tonight. The other notes I had, it, it just felt like in that second quarter, they weren't playing sharp. You mentioned them settling a lot from three. They started six of nine from three, and then... I think at the half, they end up, do I have it in front of me? Uh, eight of 24. So six of nine start, eight of 24 at the half from three. So it was like, all right, guys, you got to attack a little more. But I thought Keegan did a good job with his defensive activity. He had the steal. The one thing, like he had the one and one, but the one steal he had, I thought he overthought it. I thought he should have went for the jam. He tried to go up soft with it, missed it. He'll get there. He'll get there. I'm seeing him do that less and less, which is encouraging. Then on pick and roll coverage, Keegan Sabonis come over on Giddy. He knocks the ball away from um, Giddy. Turnover. That was great. The Kings end up turning it right back over. So that was awesome to see. And I even know that he had a steal in the third quarter. He had he forced that jump ball in the third quarter. He's just super active, dude. Being active, looking confident, and that's that's my favorite part. You're you were just talking about the way that he he went up with another layup and it should have been more of a dunk or you know go up stronger and we've seen what it was from the start of this season already to now 60 games in tonight was the 60th game of the season for the kings that's i mean that's major development right that's he he has improved that part of his game in his rookie season i love the role that he is in i love the squad that he is on for his development. I'm so, so excited for his future in Sacramento. I mean, he, his body is just like that modern day NBA style where it's long, but he can shoot the ball. I mean, that skill set in the NBA and where we are in the NBA is just, it's what you need and it's what you want when you have a young guy on your squad. Yeah, it's a growth and talk about like an opportunity of a lifetime for a rookie, he's playing on a team that's in the playoffs. He's playing on a team that right now is the number three seed in the West. That's like a game and a half out of the number two seed. They're coming out of the break, 3-0, and playing three games in four nights after playing that double overtime game. He's playing meaningful games right yep. now, you know, and some rookies have to wait for that. Like De'Aaron Fox walked into a situation where he was on a shitty team as a rookie, chaos around him. Like, it's... It's so significant that Keegan, obviously he's skilled and he's got the talent, but to be in the perfect spot around 
a team where he doesn't have to do it all. They're not relying on him to score 20, but I'll tell you what, if they can get to ha- get him to a point where he could string more games like this together, Kings could be scary going forward. Like, if he could develop into a legit talent, he's in the right situation. Yeah, I, I again, when I look at this rookie class and everyone that um, just around the league, you're you're looking at Keegan Murray, obviously, as one of the top rookies, but just truly what you have for your future, that's what makes me most excited. I think there's just been so many years that this organization was going after the pick that they thought was going to be the the right now guy that was just going to be able to contribute right now. They didn't have anything in place from the culture to the coaches to sustainability. Um, and now they have all those things, but plus they added not only a talented guy, but truly a good person too. Next guy we should talk about. Let's see where you think I'm going to go. Who's the next guy you think I'm going to talk about? Sabonis. You know what? We should mention him. I, I feel like we just we just take for granted. He gives you 14, 15, and 8 tonight. 6 of 8 shooting. He played 35 minutes. Um, yeah. I was not going to go there, but you. I'm glad you brought him up. I thought, if anything, tonight, I, I thought the Kings should have gone to him more. I mean, he, he's got such a significant size advantage inside. And, again, 6 of 8. That's where we're talking about settling too much. I know he's going to attract a lot of attention down there, but I still think he's got the ability with the size advantage against this OKC team to go in there and get buckets. Like, don't shy away from him. Find ways to get him the rock and let him score the ball. I think life could have been a lot easier had they done that tonight. Yeah, you saw times looking back at some of his scoring plays of just when he, like, battled through, used his physicality and didn't matter if three guys were standing in the way he was able to go up with it at the rim. Like you're, you're, you're right. Like why not utilize his strength down low? But I also, I also do love how much he can still contribute on the offensive end, even when he is out, when he is helping and creating and making others better around him um, because he is, still such a threat wherever he is on the floor, but I'm with you. I think you could have made everyone else's life a little bit easier by just shoving him almost down on the block, giving him the rock. And yeah, go old school with him. I know it's like not today's game, but you know, Sabonis can do it. I know you yep. want to do other stuff with him. He wants to get other guys going and he tried to do that, but like I, who's stopping him on this OKC squad. Right. They don't have anybody. I mean, right. Williams is intriguing. Sure. But he's not there yet. Sarich. Let the man eat. Let him feast a little bit. And I think what's crazy is I think, what do you have at the half? So he finishes with 14, 15, and eight. At the half, he had nine, nine, and six on four four shots. He's just, (laughs) it's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to think like even with the offensive, like OKC is one of the better offensive rebounding teams. They only had nine offensive rebounds. Uh, Kings had 13 that ended up being 15 second chance opportunity points. So Sabonis, you could have just, like you said, kind of run your offense differently and just fed him the ball down low a lot. I mean, look how many guys were collapsing, right? Guys were collapsing on him and he was still going to work through them. But the only reason why I, I kind of like that they didn't do that, because look, when you have those guys collapse, then sometimes you're going to just pass it out and settle on that outside open three. And there were times 
when the Kings needed to keep looking for ways to drive it in the paint. And that's why I'm glad that he's able to step out on that high post, be out there and still create. So other guys, it clears up the paint and allows them to get those touches. Uh, someone in the chat, who was that from? We had someone asking about the big lineup. Uh, Tej, if that's your name, um, wanted to know what we thought of the big lineup that Brown used. He used it late in the game. Fox, HB, Keegan, Lyles, and Sabonis at the end of the game. Yeah, I felt like he just he wanted to keep Lyles in the game. He loves having HB in, in, at the end of games, and he was like, Keegan's playing well, and you're going to have Fox and Sabonis. Fox and Sabonis are the mainstays. And I think depending on the matchup and the game, all right, is Monk going to be in there? Do we need Davion? It seems like he's kind of moved more away from that. They like having Monk out there. I think at that time they were just like, okay, let's just get some rebounds. Let's just run some stuff. Let's use our size to our advantage against this team and, and close it out. Yeah, I, it just it just depends on what the matchup is. And I feel like tonight was one of those nights – the Kings felt in, in control pretty much the whole game. Even when OKC went on that run in the third quarter when they were just knocking down threes, knocking down threes. Um, and it, it got frustrating because there was even a time after they were knocking down all those threes. I think it was Metu on Waters and just like came under a screen. And it was like, no, your personnel, you guys. He, yeah, Waters I saw them mention, Katie mentioned that on the broadcast too. Was it that big a deal? I mean, Fox was there to contest it though. No, it it wasn't that that one specifically. No, it was. I know exactly which one it was. Deuce, I did not feel that one was contested. I felt, and he missed did he miss? Yeah, he missed it. I thought Fox was there. I mean, it was good, like team defense by Fox. And I, I mean, I don't know. I guess you you shouldn't go under on that. I mean, was, I think it's challenging I mean, as a big when you're trying to go fight, and he shouldn't be defending Lindy Waters. You know. Right. Right. My, my point, my point to it though, there was like, even if, even if De'Aaron Fox got to it, mm. there was still enough space and time for Waters to get a good look, a good shot off that he finally missed. And uh, again, nitpicking, but it was just frustrating when they were getting things going and starting to knock down those threes. And it was like, at that point, when you have guys that are just hot, you got to do something different. Yeah, you just not give them any, any solid looks what was wild too is isaiah joe started the game but did not start the second half he had three points at the half he finished Zero with 24 pointer. no he has been such a great pickup for them the fact that the sixers just let this guy rock uh walk dude he's an assassin from downtown this is not like oh he's doing it on a few shot attempts per game i mean he's getting a lot of three-point attempts he shoots at a super efficient mark He's had a few games now with seven or more threes made in a game. I think one of those came against Sacramento. And tonight, 24 points, 6 of 11, 4 of 8 from 3. He also got to the free throw line a lot, 8 of 11. OKC's got some talent from him, Giddy, you know, Dort, who's defensively really gifted, obviously. But even that, I love there's to go to that. Lou Dort was trying to defend Fox late in the game. And I know he could be physical, but Fox just blew by his ass. <laughs> Well, the other thing, though, with Lou Dor, I mean, he finished with 18 points, but you watch him sometimes. He has like that little bit of a Davion handle where he can have a little bit of a crossover, a move to get guy one uh, a defender going one way and then he can go the other. Like there's offensive 
there's an offensive ability there for Lou Dort. He's just known as the defensive guy. And if he just keeps developing that side of his game, like, yeah, they've got some fun guys on their squad. They have Chet coming in next year. I, I mean, know. hell, I don't know if SGA is going to end up playing on Tuesday against the Kings, but that will be a different game if SGA is going. The guy who averages 31 a game, 37 a game against Sacramento this year. Enough about OKC you, for a sec. Go ahead. That's you a, want you want SGA to play. Though, I want right? that. Yes, yeah. please. Yeah. Same. I want that matchup, a Fox SGA matchup. Hell yeah. Same. Um, the, the guy I was going to go to and said you went to Sabonis, Trey Lyles, dude. How big was Trey Lyles in this game, dude? It, it doesn't show on the stat sheet, but if you're watching the game. Kind of does. It, well, uh, no, no, this part of it. The, the, the his, his rotations defensively. That's yeah. not what was showing necessarily. Like, the way that he was rotating over, whether it was for a charge or for help or to contest a shot. I mean, he seemed to be everywhere on the floor defensively. Just big body, smart, high IQ guy. Um, his teammates seemed to, to trust him defensively you know I don't know if it's just he's communicating a lot out there obviously it's something we're not seeing on the broadcast unless you're there at the game but like whatever it is that he brings defensively at times it's just it's fantastic and then on the offensive end look what he's doing yeah three-point land his ability to knock down the three is huge for this team too so yeah, it's again, there's some matchups that won't be friendly to him tonight. It was working. He was getting some good looks and boom, knocking down threes. Um, yeah. So it, it was awesome. It was it was great to see him contribute um, on the negative front. Oh, Kevin Herter. Um, this is an extended funk he's in right now. And yeah. I thought tonight it's, you know, with Kevin, I honestly worry less about the missed shots. I do. I feel like. He'll be fine. He is still coming into tonight shooting a, a 39% from three, which is a career best, career best from the field goal, uh, his career best field goal percentage too. Like, he's having a good year. But tonight, I, I just felt like maybe this was the first time I noticed his confidence wavering a bit. Um, okay. Just one of the first plays of the game, super indecisive with the ball and turned over inside. He's not knocking down his shots. Some people have speculated, like, ah, oh, maybe he's a bit fatigued. He's not used to running around like crazy like this. He wasn't playing like this with the Hawks, right? They weren't playing this type of style of offense. He was more of a catch-and-shoot guy. Where in Sacramento, he's running like crazy, dribble handoffs, doing a lot more out there. Is this like a fatigue factor coming in? And then you start looking at the minutes played. Uh, he played just under 20 minutes tonight. He played 22 against the Clippers, 26 against Portland. He was 0 for 4 from 3 in this game. Yeah, it's it it's tough to see because obviously you look at some of those percentages like you're talking about and um they're still high up there. It, it, tonight 0 for 4 from deep and like you were just talking about that turnover he had just indecisive. He had four he turnovers. Like, and he had four turnovers, but I think the one early on you're talking about when he was like dribbling in the paint and then was like, "Oh, where am I going to go with this?" and it's like there's so much he can create, and he is a high, again, another high IQ player on this squad, especially. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. 
Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Actually, offensively, we've seen what he can do in that two-man game with Domas Sabonis, and it's just like he's not being assertive yeah. with it right now. And it's fine. Like players go up and down, and the Kings are lucky that they have enough good talent on this squad that if one guy isn't feeling it Dude. for a little bit and is in a slump, then another guy's stepping up. You know, it's no, it's so true. I mean, you looked at Monk in the month of January, there's like nine points a game. He was shooting terribly from three in the month yep. of February. He's like averaging 18 a game. He's knocking down everything. There's ebbs and flows to a season. Um, but in the month of February, Kevin Herter is shooting just 30% coming into the night from three. So that, you know, the numbers, he's just not as efficient right now. I think he'll be fine. I'm just more curious, like, okay, what is this? This is like, an, this is 10 11 game sample size in February all-star weekend. Obviously the three point contest did not go well for him. Is it just like a fatigue thing? And maybe it is. Yeah. I, well, and I hope, I hope it's more of a fatigue thing because, um, you know, he had one steal tonight and he's capable of doing so much. He had a block too. Defensive end. Yeah. I and think. a block. And, uh, I, I, a lot of people would say like, Oh, you know, get things going on the defensive end for yourself to gain your confidence on the offensive end. Let it like, create part of your offense and for Kevin Herter he's still performing on the defensive end uh could it be a fatigue thing and if it is great work yeah. on your conditioning in the offseason and figure it out and some of those matchups defensively again for him we talk about the matchups somewhat that's what is for, for him sometimes it just looks really bad for him defensively just because right. some guys are just more athletic than him so yeah, I mean, I think he'll be fine. Um, I, I think the other thing, too, is early in the season, you know, they weren't, teams weren't sure how to play the Kings. Yep. People saw the success of those dribble handoffs with Sabonis. There's not as much space coming off those dribble handoffs for him anymore. I mean, they are playing him tight because they know he can get it going, and that was such a lethal part of the Kings' offense. The good news, I feel like the Kings have adjusted. Other guys are stepping up. They're doing more. Uh, one of my favorite developments lately is just that Monk. So I know we talked about that last game. That Monk's a bonus pick and roll is so nasty. It's so pretty. They, they're so precise with their pass right now. It doesn't matter if it's Monk leading Sabonis with the pass or Domas is doing it for Monk. It's it's just on point. It's crisp. I, I love that that's happening, especially when it's not happening as much with Herder and Sabonis right now. And I think if you're if you're other teams and you're watching that, even with Monk and Domas, you're going, okay, like where do we tighten up things? How do we uh, alter our defense to stop that? And that's exactly what happens to all these teams in the second half of the season or after the all-star break. Guys know what Kevin Herter was doing at such a high level, and they're figuring out one step, one extra way to slow it down, alter it, to stop it. Now, when it's Domas Sabonis, you go, okay, how can we stop this guy? Or even De'Aaron Fox, they have their, their skill of strength or of speed is such an elite level that there's going to be times that teams can't stop it even when they watch the film. Morgan, what do you have to say to the 500-plus people watching us live right now on a Sunday night after a Kings win? After the Kings uh, are now 17-13 and 13 on the road, the best mark in the Western Conference. They're now 10 games above 500 at 35 and 25. What do you have to say? Oh, now I don't know what to say except 
Thank you so much for being here. Let's go. Let's go. Hit the thumbs up button. Make sure to subscribe too. It just helps the page grow. Speaking of that, I asked our people in the chat. I said, who was your dog? Who's your dog in the game? Ruff, ruff. It was a deer and fox. Seven straight 30 plus games. Was it Trey Lyles with 15 off the bench? We'll put back jam, some three, some good defense. Or was it the rookie, Keegan Murray? Who had 20 points, Kings 9 0 when he has 20 or more? Or was it the OG, the man who's been here for 38 seasons, the man who has only seen eight winning seasons, but has called all 3,000 Kings games? Is the dog. <sighs> of the game, the G-Man, Gary Gerald. Give me a hell yeah. I don't like the barking. The people have spoken, spoken, people have spoken. (laughs) 39% of the people here say the dog is the G-Man, Gary Gerald. Hell yeah. Uh, Pullover says, does Deuce know what a dog sounds like? It sounds like like a horse. He sounds like a horse. Okay. Uh, Morgan, we have more to get to, but the video is out. The G-Man Gary Gerald, who called his 3,000th career game tonight, was awarded tonight by the Kings coaching staff with the defensive player of the game chain. First, let's hear what Mike Brown had to say about awarding G-Man the defensive player of the game chain. Uh, no, it, you know, defense, my number one staple is communication. Communication is a, is a huge, huge, huge staple of mine. So <clears throat> the guy that communicated the most in our, you know, with, within our organization is G-Man. So G-Man got the, got the defensive chain, uh, the uh, defensive player of the chain tonight. Uh, he's communicated for 3,000 games for us. Uh, that's an unprecedented mark. And so he definitely deserved the defensive player of the game tonight. So he's got the chain. Was that the reason for the loud cheer in the, in, the, uh, in the locker room I could hear from you? Yeah. Okay. It was. Uh, I think that was probably the best call by the coaching staff. I think our players really thought that G-Man deserved it tonight because of his ability to communicate with the public. Okay, so, one, good job, Kings. I applaud you for doing that. Great now job. we need to see the video of when it happened. Here's a glimpse inside the Kings locker room uh, after the game. There's somebody today that had 3,000 games in his career. Defensive player of the game, the G-Man! Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, I want to cry. Hey, you guys did all the work. It's just my pleasure to be able to call the action. I love the fact that I get the chance to do what I do as long as I have. Thank you so much. I, I, this blows my mind. It just blows my mind. Thanks again. All right. Together on three. Together on three. One, two, three. Together. My God. Oh, my God. I can't. I can't. (laughs) (laughs) He just deserves it. Uh, 
I don't know why I'm crying because it's like I'm crying too. Stop. Fucking chain, and I'm crying. Uh, Yeah, It's it's like he deserves this this good basketball more than anyone in this damn city. Truly. Yeah. <laughs> it's no. not. <laughs> so for the audio people, he got awarded um, a game ball. Every every player signed it. He also had a G-Man Kings jersey with 3,000 on it. And then they gave him defensive player of the game for him to do all that. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's where we should go next. Um, as you can tell, both of us very emotional when we talk about G-Man because of how special of a person he is. And, you know, I've had the privilege to work with him for over a decade and he's obviously great at what he does. I mean, he's been doing this now 38 years and just how he approaches it. I mean, you just see with this passion, he's done everything as a broadcaster. He got into this game as a broadcaster when he was a teenager, you know, Bobby Gerald, his son tweeted about this today about most people don't realize that G-Man's dad died when he was very young. He was almost raised by people in a, from his church. And as a teenager, he'd go to their radio station. He would go there all the time. He was obsessed with it. And then he ends up in Sacramento working for KCRA for years and years, spokesperson for Rayleigh's, does broadcast work for NBC, the Olympics, NFL games. And then in... You know, 1985, he gets a call from the late Greg Van Dusen, who just passed away last week, and said, hey, what would you think about being a broadcaster for the Kings if they moved to Sacramento? He had never done NBA games. So he went to Oakland with a tape recorder, L.A. with a tape recorder, and his son Bobby, and recorded himself doing play-by-play, sent those tapes in, and He got hired to be the broadcaster for the Sacramento Kings. He has been here every single year, 1985 through now. And he does it at an an awesome level. He's amazing. His preparation, he handwrites all of his notes. He takes such great pride in what he does. He's not a young man. He's in his 80s, and he's in his prime. He kills it. But most importantly, he's a great person. And for me, he's helped me so much. I've got to just listen and soak up and absorb what he does as a broadcaster. He's given me advice. He's been the ultimate supporter of both of us. He loves this city. He loves this fan base. He loves this team. And, I mean, he cares deeply about this team. And this year is so special for so many reasons. But one of the reasons it's really special is because he gets to he gets to do this, you know. Um, I just look up to him so much, you know. He he's family. He really is, you know. I, I just man, I know I just went on there, Morgan. I'm sure you have some thoughts too. But I I love no. the guy. I love the guy. He is just beyond sweet. No, I think I mean you you pretty much said it all. And I think for someone <laughs> like me, just being a young woman in a male dominated business, having someone that right away <laughs> just just talked hoops or treated me equally as as an intern, as a broadcaster, or whatever I was at that time was so valuable to 
my career and where I am today. And I just think it's so even more special what a special human he is. But Deuce, you were kind of talking about him as a broadcaster and and the work that he puts in to prep and everything. You and I take so much pride in everything we do, whether it's a daily show, whether it's a podcast, um, a TV, doesn't it just doesn't matter. A piece of content, we care. And when you see someone like G-Man who is as passionate as he is from when he first started in 1985 to now through the shittiest games he's probably ever has witnessed in his life to some of the best it just shows you what type of professional he is what type of human he is and we are just so damn lucky to have him here in sacramento yeah and you said it on the broadcast tonight the games that king's fans turned off he still had to watch the whole thing (laughs) (laughs) and he had to call it and Uh. and like and, sh- and show emotion and energy, and he did it. He I mean, never, he never didn't do his job right. Yeah, and it's just, I just love that he still does it. You know, he's been doing it for so long. Like I said, he's not a young person, right? I mean, he's yeah. young at heart, and I, I'm just amazed at his ability to do what he does. Like, it's not easy to... Tr- Traveling, I know in the NBA is like nice or on chartered jets or whatever, but it's still taxing on the body. Imagine he's been traveling like this for 50 years, even going back to doing Olympic stuff for NBC and NFL and all the uh, racing stuff he would do it for NHRA and NASCAR. Yeah, I mean, there's just it's pretty wild. It is really wild. In fact, I actually have um, a couple of old school G-Man plays to play tonight because I felt like, you know what? Some fans Ew. maybe haven't heard these and or they haven't heard them in a long time. So, like, let's share them. Um, I'm going to start, first of all, with um, the other night. The, the How the game finished mm-hmm. between the Kings and the Clippers. His final call was so good. Here's how it sounded. Bless up. Okay, that was the wrong. <laughs> That's funny. My bad. That was the wrong one. Here's how it sounded. Well, here we go. Ball game on the line. Second overtime. 6.1 seconds away from ending. Will the Clippers win it or will the Kings win it? Or will we go to a third overtime? Inbounds to Powell. Left wing. Up fake. Kicks it out to Batum. Launches for three. Misses it. Rebound loose. Kings grab it. Malik Monk has it. It's Sacramento from 14 down late in regulation. Has come back in double overtime to win one of the most memorable games in their 38-year history history in Sacramento 176 175 is the final score you talk about making a statement you talk about proving that you're worthy of title contention what a victory this is for the Sacramento Kings the second night of a back-to-back with travel they come in here and they take care of business despite the fact that the Clippers rang up a season high 26 made three-pointers Sacramento ends up with 88 points in the paint tonight for a 40-point advantage, and they win. That was big-time stuff. Dude, just the way the way he paints the picture for you, he, I, he's, he's a freaking artist. No, he, it's, 
we could all as broadcasters like yeah, i want to get to that level someday it's it's crazy also who could forget times with jason williams jason slows jason rocks fires he hits another one he's got his fifth long ball of the night he now has 17 points in the third quarter and the kings are on top by 10 and welcome to the jason williams show Okay, no, that was Jason Williams' audio. He played in Sacramento from 98 to 2001. How does G-Man sound just as good like 22, 23, 24, 25 years later? That's elite. I, That's elite. <laughs> Are we sure he's human? I No, I'm not, actually. I'm not. Or uh, how about when the Kings advanced to the conference finals? That was pretty special, wasn't it, Morgan? I don't know why it's not playing oh. now. Oh, yeah. Yes, it was. Dude. All right. I, I don't know if you're going to be able to hear it if I play it, but uh, I'm going to try anyway. I'm sorry, guys. Let's see if this time it works. Okay, it's not working. Uh, maybe I'll play it on this one. You won't be able to hear, Mo. Now to Bibby. They swing right angle to Jackson. Five in the shot clock. Step back. Three-point attempt. He's got it. There's no question. The Kings are going to the Western Conference Finals. This smile, I wish you could have seen it on Rick Adelman's face as Bobby Jackson delivered the knockout blow. Wow. What did what did Bobby do? He had a three. Oh, is that what he, okay. You hear that? And then, of course, Weber highlights. Weber with a rebound. Kings break out. They've got four on three. Right wing feed, Christie. Touch pass, Page behind the back of Weber. Power jam with the right hand. There's the play of the year. Now, my all-time favorite G-Man call comes from 2011. And you're going, that, those were shit teams. No, it was. But it was the emotions around it. The Kings, there were rumors that they were going to move the team to Anaheim. Remember that? Anaheim, Virginia City. And then a couple years later, Seattle. Kings, Lakers playing. Kings end up rallying. Jason Thompson has a dunk in this game. And this is the time where G-Man used to sit courtside for games. And he'd have this rollout chair. Once this play happened... G-Man literally jumped from his seat and was high-fiving the fans behind him because he wanted to remember that moment. He did not know if that... He thought that could have been his last game ever because the team was moving to Anaheim. So think about that. Here's how that play went down. Inbounds to Kobe. Left angle, double team. Tyreek knocks it away. Kobe gets it back. He steps in, goes glass, rims it out. No good. Bano has the rebound. Kings look for the lead. It's 95-95. They've come from 20 down. Bano inside to Thompson. Up two, hand jam. Has me on my feet. This is one of those magical moments. How good can it get? A minute 21 to go. I'm high-fiving all the fans I can grab right behind me as we savor this one. It may be our last time in this position. We don't know. But right now, it's the Kings who have the lead. It, when you put that call in perspective of where that moment was at, like emotionally thinking about you don't know if that's going to be your last game. You've been doing this job forever, and you love it. You're obsessed with it, and you may lose it because the owners are moving the team. And then in 2013, in January of 2013, which is crazy, a little over 10 years ago, when that Woj tweet comes out about its first and goal at the one for the Kings moving to Seattle, the Kings had a game either that day or the day after. And I'll never forget what he was talking about <clears throat> pre-game because he just said you know what we don't know what's gonna happen but all we can do is enjoy the time we have left and so 
my mindset is I'm going to enjoy the time we have left here and we're going to savor every single moment, just like he said in that call. He said how challenging it was that that season when it looked like they were going to Seattle, everyone was pretty much saying goodbye to him. Yeah. Because they thought the team was done going to Seattle. So he's been a part of everything. And so to sum this up, I am obviously so happy to know him as a person, but 3,000 games is no joke. But I'm more, most happy that this team is fun again, that this team is winning again, that this team is starting to build a culture where after a game they're bringing a play-by-play announcer in, giving him a defensive player of the game chain. Because Mike Brown said it when he got hired for this job, Morgan. He wanted to bring – that he, he thought every good team had a soul. And he wanted to have a soul in Sacramento. He wanted that it wasn't just the guys in the locker room. It was everybody who worked from the team. Ticket sales, ticket people, concession. Every, it's a team. He showed that tonight with what he did for G-Man. So congratulations to G-Man. I, I love him. Congratulations, G-Man. <sighs> Why? Why do I want to cry? It's just because it's Deuce, like, it's um obviously we have our our relationship with him and when you see someone not only that you love so much um accomplish something like this but then when you see the organization and the team that you love so much that you've covered for years but you've also grown that you've been a fan of since we were both little give him someone that we love the love that he deserves it all just feels so right it all just feels so good and yeah that's allowed to be emotional we are allowed to be emotional about it we are about to we are allowed to cry about it (laughs) happy about it all those things and um mike brown has really brought that soul and that family feel to this organization I don't know how many people got to see the tribute that they made today. I feel like we should play that too. It's like, it's like four and a half minutes, but what? No, I'm saying I'm down. Okay. No, I don't. Uh, more, it's too more. It's like, we talked about G-Man for 15 here. All right. No, four more minutes. I, I love it. I love it. But I'm just, I'm, I was just letting you know, like, it's not a minute and a half, I but know. I'm totally I, I just feel like it, it, this is a good way. Kings play the thunder again. Uh, we should mention that tonight's podcast is presented by our friends over at rate.com slash Sean Stanfield guarantee rate. Sorry, Sean. I burped. Gross. I, I'm talking and, and drinking some LaCroix and a non-alcoholic beer. I'm sorry. But we're brought to you by Sean Stanfield and his team over at rate.com slash Sean Stanfield. Hey, Morgan, if I'm looking for a house, I don't know how to do it. What do I do, man? Well, you hit up Sean Stanfield because if you have any questions about whether you can afford a house, whether you can buy a house, what the hell do you even need to do? Sean's the first step to help you. So you need to go to rate.com slash Sean Stanfield. You can also call or text him 916-276-7563. He's a huge Kings fan. 916-276-7563. He can help you find the home of your dreams and tell you if you can afford it or not. Does it make sense? Is the timing right? When is the time right? Hit his team up. They've got access to all the tools to make your purchase experience positively different. That's equal housing lender, subject to credit approval, NMLS ID number 
349707. Company MLS ID number 2611. NMLSConsumeraccess.org. Thanks so much to our friends at Guarantee. Great. Guarantee. Great. We're also brought to you by a New York Times bestselling author. She is the one and only T. Oh, Reagan. Uh, you talk about a success story. Yeah, she's Morin's mom, and she's a best-selling author. She writes thrillers that are based in Sacramento. They're dark and twisted. For years, they said, oh, we don't want to publish your books. You're not good enough. So what'd she do? She self-published, and bang, New York Times, USA Today, best-selling author. She's been at the top of the Amazon charts, and you got to check out her book, Such a Beautiful Family. Right, Morgan? Dude, I am binge listening to her books every time. So I can't wait. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not doing night chat in the car on the way home because on the way home now, I get to listen to the fourth book in my mom's Lizzie Gardner series and I'm ecstatic for it. She is amazing. I never read some of her thriller books because I was too scared and now I'm just binge reading them so if you need a story to read and or to listen to because you're an audible listener make sure to go to amazon.com or trreagan.com you can search trreagan anywhere on the internet also you can go to dosamo.com click on merch and guess what use promo code thank you thank you <laughs> and you get 20% off your order yeah dosamo.com we've got logo shirts we got hoodies we got crew necks stickers everything you could possibly want if you use promo code deuce and if you go to dosamo.com click on merch use promo code thank you you'll save 20% off your order appreciate everyone's support of the deuce and mo podcast all right morgan before we go i think we should just it's a perfect way to end it sure. let's let's listen to this feature that was done um by the King's content team, our guys Jake and Devon. That squad does an amazing job with the Kings. Uh, this is celebrating G-Man's 3,000th career game. If you think back to it, I mean, he's been here for the entirety of the Kings in Sacramento. I mean, if you've lived in Sacramento for the last 35 plus years, you know who G-Man is. He stops, he fires from 20, he's got the bucket! He's got the bucket! He winds up and throws down the champ of the night! He took that with all kinds of nasty. Up to hand jam has me on my feet! This is one of those magical moments. This is one of those magical moments! How good can it get? As a kid growing up in Michigan, the only thing that I really wanted to do was to be a sports broadcaster. Uh, the radio station in my hometown, small town in Michigan, was my second home. And I, I went there virtually every night, every week. And I just spent countless hours there and they graciously allowed me to have a program of my own as a teenager and it all evolved out of that. Being able to do something that you dreamed of as young as I can remember is, is pretty special. Oh my, that was pretty. That's what we've been waiting to see. The power rip of the air. It brought fans out of their seats. Kings win. Sacramento advances. You can't talk Sacramento Kings basketball without G-Man, right? He is a walking legend, a walking historian. To watch him have the same excitement for a great game. Oh, showtime, brother! To be funny, to be critical, to be serious, 
He captures all of the elements. And there is pandemonium at Arco. Someone here who's made my career very special. My uh, actions are tied to people's memories through his voice. And pandemonium! I'm proud to be in that circle because G-Man's a good guy. I've watched G-Man since I've been closer the last three years here in Sacramento, and he blows me away with his preparation. G-Man comes in prepared like an assistant or a head coach. You don't see all the notes and everything that he has on each and every last single player. And he's got his, you know, legal size folders that he, you know, and he hand prints everything really small. And it's really old school, but it's cool because he's really attached to every single word and description and analysis that he's putting down. He's been on all the highs and all of the lows, but the one constant has been him chronicling every single important moment that this team has had over the years. And I just can't think of the Kings without the G-Man. G-Man, 3,000 games is something incredibly special and we have all been made better by listening to your voice. I just want to give you a congratulations on 3,000 games call. I hope I could be so lucky, but you know it's all love, man. I salute you. You are truly one of the best broadcasters and one of the best people I have ever met. I love you so, so much. Congratulations on calling 3,000 games. G-Man, 3,000th game. Uh, always a pleasure to see you, work with you. Um, you always give me so much encouragement, man. So I just want to say congrats on all your hard work in this big milestone. Hey, G-Man, congrats on your 3,000th game being called. Uh, man, it's been a long time. You're legendary. Uh, keep it going. Thank you. G-Man, congratulations on 3,000 games. We love you, man. You are the, exactly the type of person that uh, deserves a championship because you are a champion, my friend. 3,000, that's a big number. Uh, big respect to you. You know I love you, big man. Congratulations. G-Man, congrats. 3,000 games. Uh, you've earned it. You've worked hard. You, you've got the true passion for the sport, and um, it's been an honor to work with you, to watch you at your craft, and uh, <clears throat> darn it, G-Man, to call you a friend. Congrats. Well, it's been a wonderful ride, and I hope it's a ride that continues. I mean, I, I love what I get a chance to do. I'm blessed to have the opportunity. I appreciate the King's organization over all of these years, uh, allowing me to have the opportunity to try to describe and to inform and to entertain. Uh, the passion of King's fans is unmatched. Uh, I'm just, I'm a blessed individual, and I appreciate so much that I get a chance to do what I do. So good. So good. Great job by the Kings content team. The voices you heard, Mark Jones, Kyle Draper, Katie Christensen, Henry Turner, Morgan, myself, Jason Ross, Doug Christie, De'Aaron Fox, Harrison Barnes, um, amongst others. So, yeah, congratulations, Jimmy. I thought that was well done. And just it's cool to hear his his appreciation for, for this moment. Yeah, <laughs> and I just feel like he's just someone that deserves... <laughs> So much love. And no, you know, like sometimes it just feels like over the years that it's a lot of teams give a lot of love to their 
television broadcasts and that's what people see you know people see tv people see these people and g-man i feel like is starting to just get so much of the love that he has always deserved for being great also watching that video seeing jason break down oh god i've like only (laughs) seen jason happy and maybe break down for one other reason that was really tough to see what it's so i mean think about yeah you're you're you and jason being next to g-man all these years just wow incredible Well, congratulations to the G-Man, Gary Gerald. One other note we should mention real fast. Dame Lillard tonight ends up scoring 71 points, Morgan Reagan. Um, 13 of 22 from three. 41 at the half, correct? Yeah. Like, insane. what, what, talk about another player that just appreciate his greatness, you guys, especially while it's still great. You know, it's, um, what, is he 33? I don't know. You might be. That sounds about right if you're saying that. He's 32. 32. Good job, Mo. 33 in July. But, um, you know, and again, I know players are playing at a high level later, but I just, I always get, you never know when someone's going to take that turn and then it's just gone. And you want to remember them for like witnessing the greatness that we are seeing from them right now do you think because it's the rockets it's not like as cool like it's like really like 50 points like don't you think you could go out there and score 10 on houston right now what did the kings do against houston a lot of points they beat them twice they did beat them but yeah. it wasn't like it's the, three... the prettiest i mean yeah but still one i i know my, my you don't think is... you could score a point against the houston rockets right no, now I they know, just ba- based off I... of defensive miscommunication I know I could score a point off of or on the Houston Rockets. Yes. <laughs> well, Morgan, uh, I know you have to get back to Sacramento. Appreciate you being here. Uh, also, thanks to everyone for hanging out with us tonight. Make sure to hit the thumbs up button. Make sure you're subscribed. It just helps the channel grow. Kings win next up Tuesday against this same OKC team. We'll find out if they have Shea, Mar- Shea in the game, uh, but we'll be live that night following for Night Chat because we're live after every game. The OGs, the originals, right, Mo? Hey, that's what they're saying. <laughs> okay, but seriously, um, yeah, make sure to subscribe to the channel. We'll also have our daily show Monday through Friday. Uh, we'll be live Monday morning, 11 to 2 p.m. Pacific time on Sackdown Sports. We love you guys, but we got to go. You're all badass for being here. We'll see you later. See ya! Deuce and Mo, Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo, they tell you what they know. Deuce and Mo, Deuce and Mo, Deuce and Mo, the podcast that you know. Deuce and Mo. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.